So hey everyone, I just want to welcome you to my first episode of The Trainer's Truths. And I want to introduce the concept to you, but also let you know why I'm doing this for. And really it's to establish a real conversation between people. So I want to show people's real life fitness journeys given to you by real people. Now, we're going to delve into different areas of a person and how those different areas may affect someone's fitness journey and why fitness journeys often look very different from person to person. It's all about bridging the gap between you, the audience, and fitness. This broad, sometimes really intimidating concept, which when you understand more about it, really isn't as scary as people make out. So I'm Naim Kamili. I'm a personal trainer. I have been for over seven years now, and this is my podcast, Trainers Truths. I hope you enjoy. So first episode, I thought I'd just kick it off by me talking about my story, how I got into fitness, how I'm still here, how the fact that everyone, <laughs> when I was at a younger age, wouldn't have thought this was the career path that I would have took. And so for us to begin that journey, I kind of need to take you guys back to when I was like 15 years old and fitness was probably like the last word I would have ever said to anyone. I wouldn't have considered myself fit at all. In fact, I was actually deeply asthmatic. So my fitness journey begins in the doctor's office. It actually starts when they say to me, look, if you retain the habits that you still have or like you are consistently doing right now, you are only you are going to be slightly overweight. And being 15 years old, you don't, you don't hear that stuff. You know, you don't hear slightly overweight. You hear you already are. I've already been diagnosed. You're overweight. Go and do something about it. Or <laughs> like there is no other option for me. So I kind of delved into fitness in a really strange way. Um, threw myself at the gym. Used to walk really, really long periods, like super, super long periods to school and back. I think it was almost like an hour walk there and an hour walk back, which bear in mind going from absolutely zero fitness to this was absolutely huge for me. Alongside that, I was eating probably as much as a small baby bird, like this, I was literally eating seeds. And um, <laughs> I was just drinking loads and loads and loads of green tea because that speeds up your metabolism apparently. All of this, of course, I now know like the reasons for my success and becoming a personal trainer from that point, I guess, that's if anyone's to ask me my origin story, that is the origin point. Becoming a personal trainer from there, I can look back at younger Naeem's journey and basically be like, we could have done this a lot better, to be honest with you. We could have done this loads, loads better. And as I am better informed, I only feel like it would be right to get on this podcast and make this to establish that conversation between all of us. You know, there will be different people on this as well. Um, and we're going to talk about their stuff. We're going to talk about the challenges that they've faced. And, you know, alongside that kind of like a cross-examination, how can we together make better decisions for our health and fitness? So moving on from, I guess, my origin point, there were several struggles. I think being younger and being a younger male at the time, you struggle with things like body image, especially if you're unfit in comparison to other people in your year. Um, also being a young guy, I wanted to get the girls, you know, I wanted to get the girls. And of course, it's almost like survival of the fittest. The people who look the best 
often will get, you know, what they want in that sense. So there was all these little things kind of ticking in my head at that younger age. And again, as I get older, kind of weeded a lot of them out. It's not really as necessary anymore. But that has a huge effect on younger Naeem. And for, I'd say, about two years of my life, it's walking to and from school, getting home. And I think at the time there was a YouTube star called Mike Chang. I think he's absolutely just disappeared now. But I remember doing like these weird little six pack shortcut workouts, get home, would, oh, hi, mom, everything all right. Okay, cool. I'm going to go work out. And I remember having this like elasticated rowy thing and this old ancient tool that my granddad used to train with where you literally, is like two handles either side and then you try and compress them. And apparently everyone who could do that was like of Hercules strength, apparently. I never achieved that. I accept, I broke it though. So I don't know, 12 points to me. Anyway, six pack shortcuts, that weird ancient tool that my granddad passed down and a rowing machine was all I was equipped with. Um, I wasn't actually tracking, which was crazy. I didn't track any of my progress. It was more just a thing of knowing that, you know, the clothes that I was creeping into, I was getting further away from those waists. So I think I got up to somewhere where like my school trousers were getting to like 40 waist. And I was like, for me, and obviously my physiology, I was like, whoa, do you know what I mean? I was going from the 30s to 40s. And I think it was other people's opinions around me. I had no real connection to those numbers. I knew nothing about them. Um, but my mum was like, oh, you're starting to get, you know, like a little bit bigger, like a 40 waist. I was thinking, well, like, how big is that? And I guess in my head, even as I explore this episode with you, it's that, you know, you have to bear in mind the effect of people's words. Um, and even if they don't mean it in that kind of way, like even now I'm just registering, like I didn't I didn't even know that like a 40 inch waist would have been big or a 30 would have been considered small or a 32 is perfect for me. I didn't know any of that. That was all other people's opinions and that was all um, things that had been said to me in passing. So people may not mean harm by that stuff, but definitely pay attention to how you react to how people, yeah, to people's opinions basically. So anyway, going forwards, I started to realize over the next two years, so I'd say from about year nine to year 11, obviously fat loss, weight loss was coming down. My waist was changing. My physique was changing. I really started to love PE. Shout out to my PE teacher at the time because he used to absolutely hate me. I used to give PE notes every single session. I'd just hand one in. He's like, oh, are you ill again, Camille? They didn't even pronounce my second name right, but it's all good. We're not fighting. We're not beefing. And I was like, yeah, here you go. Here's another note. Here's another note. Here's another note. And he knows who he is. And if he ever listens to this, I'm super, super sorry. But we made that comeback in year nine. And I really started to enjoy it. I started to enjoy the athletic side of things, um, seeing my performance improve in the 1500. If everyone knows about secondary school, yeah, 1500 meters, the 1500, right? Oh, the 1500 meters like run was absolutely disgusting. I used to hate it. And I remember there was a point where it clicked and I was like, oh, I'm actually semi okay at this. I'm not having to walk all the way through. And it was those little things in fitness for me that kind of made me smile and kind of made me a lot more proud of myself. So I'm gonna fast forward you to maybe university. I'm gonna, I'm gonna speed this one up a little bit for you guys. Um, it's my first episode, doesn't need to be super long. 
I just want you to get a feel for, again, this podcast and me, the host who's in front of you. So I think the next big point in my fitness journey is how I became a PT. And I think I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to that Jim Carrey film. I think it's Yes Man. Uh, it is Yes Man. It's not even I think. It is Yes Man. And if you haven't seen that film, I definitely advise that you you watch it. It's actually quite funny. But it's got some deeper philosophies behind it. And um, it was really, really interesting. I think the path that I've taken in life is largely down to me watching that film. Sounds crazy, but a film really did change my life. So I took a year out of university. Um, we have these things called a sandwich year, a placement year, which is where you go and find work in an industry relevant to you know your degree. And I was submitting... I was, yeah, I was submitting like CVs, doing some of those math tests and stuff like that. I can't remember what they're all called, but basically it wasn't my strong suit. Didn't really enjoy it that much at all. And um, one thing that I really craved was feedback. I'm almost addicted to improving. And that's probably why I, I do so well within the gym. I just love to better myself, but also better the people around me. And when I found like there was a lack of the ability to kind of work on myself and improve why I wasn't getting the opportunities I was, uh, sorry, why I wasn't getting the opportunities I was going for, I began to be become really, really bored of like the entire situation. And uh, I think I just got, yeah, I, I didn't even, I just stopped applying. I stopped applying. I actually watched this film and not really in that order. I think I watched the film and I was like, yeah, that's not for me. I'm going to use this year to kind of, do what I want to do. Like, what does Naeem want to do? And at the time with my degree, I was doing economics and business management. I didn't really enjoy the math side of stuff. I didn't really enjoy the numbers side of things. It wasn't really of a huge interest to me in that sense. I wasn't interested in making people more money. But I was interested in teaching people how to improve. So kind of like a consultancy-based job. I really enjoyed strategy and innovation. And from there... I kind of had to combine my interest with what changed my life. So I thought to myself, I was like, oh, I love health and fitness. Health and fitness is something that I guess changed me, changed how I view myself, changed how I conduct myself, and changed how I look at goals and how I approach them. I really love teaching people how to improve, assessing their strengths, their weaknesses, and moving forwards from there. And so I kind of just put the two together, and in doing that, I guess that gave me the role of a PT. Now, I didn't know you had to become qualified to become a PT, by the way. So um, I just remember giving in. I remember going on Indeed, giving in all these random CVs. And this place called me back and was like, hi, we're calling from fitness, blah, 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 blah. I was like, OK, cool. Like, what's the situation? Thinking I was going to probably be like a receptionist or something. And then you kind of get upgraded from there. That was my kind of thinking around that job. And it was like, nice, nah, like two and a half grand um, for you to become a personal trainer and then we'll, you know, try and link you up to as many gyms as possible and you can do what you want to do. And at the time, I'm a poor uni student going, wait, so I've got to pay to work. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And I remember telling my grandma about this situation and, um, yeah, she was just like to me, you only live once. And the money was in my account. I started it, completed it. You know, I had a little bit of a hold up because of uni took over. I needed to complete my last two years. So I did my level two during that time. Um, level three, I had to wait for practicals and stuff like that. So 
it ultimately ended up taking me about three years to complete the course. Um, took two years off, of course, because of university. And then unfortunately, I was actually quite ill once finishing university. They kept saying I had tonsillitis, actually had quinces, and that bad boy needs to be drained, basically. It can't really be treated with medication. They they need they put like a needle in your throat. Yeah, it's not nice. Not a nice feeling. But yeah, got through all of that, did my practical, and boom, personal trainer. <laughs> that in itself is a crazy experience, um, simply because once you become self-employed or you run your own business, you're entirely by yourself. So training was interesting. Because as I started to delve into my personal training business and understanding what people needed from me, I stopped giving what I needed to myself. And what I meant by that is because no goals were really that immediate for me, I feel like I wasn't planning my training in. And I remember going weeks and weeks and weeks about training because I was so focused on getting, you know, the quality of sessions higher, the quality of service higher. And there would be times where I'd, I'd do like five people back to back and then have like 10 minutes to eat lunch and then be back on the gym floor to finish for the rest of the day. And um, it actually took me getting a business coach myself, uh, Oliver Tennant, if anyone's ever thinking about, you know, anything to do with fitness business, I definitely would always give you a shout out to my old coach. Um, it's absolutely awesome. And just taught me how to be a bit more of a human inside the business because I didn't want my business. I started my business for freedom. Freedom is my biggest, biggest, biggest goal with everything. And um, I didn't start my business to then get into worse shape. I didn't start my business to then spend less time with the people that I love. In fact, I did quite the opposite or I did it for quite the opposite. I started my own business so I could dictate my time. And I landed on my feet with that. I think working with him and taking those times to actually plan things into my calendar, I got back on it with my fitness. And I feel like the reason why I need to tell you stories like this or why I need to give you the whole background of my journey as well is because I want it to be realistic. And what I mean by that is people often look at personal trainers, athletes, all these different people that they aren't. And I'm like, oh, it's easy for you. Um, you work in a gym or you've been training all your life. And it wasn't. The grassroots of me was quite the opposite. You know, I I what, probably train roughly around five to six times a week now. Um, that's a good week, but definitely no less than maybe three or four, depending on how busy and where I am. And um, it wasn't like that. It's everything was step by step. You know, that's like looking at a CEO, for instance, and being like, oh, well, it was easy for you to get that CEO position because you're really intelligent. You knew everyone in the company. Um, you've got all the right networks. And it's like those things were established over time. And with that time and with those actions in that time, they became that person. It was always about this step by step by step by step to this end product that you're seeing to me. I'm not an end product. I'm still a developing one and I will be. So when we check in in like a year's time, the things that I'm doing in a year's time in comparison to now, there'll be like this huge, 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 huge valley between the two. And that's how people's fitness journeys should appear. You, when you look at someone, it's not, oh, it's easy for you to do this. It's often what obstacles has that person overcame? 
to become the person or the avatar that you see them as today. And it's also to illustrate to you guys that there are struggles at various points of your journey. Like even now, what I say to you, my training week fluctuates between three to six. Being quite busy, I've moved to London and that threw my training way off. Now, for someone who isn't as trained as me, I guess, or hasn't had as, as much training experience, when something like that throws you off, that is a reason for a lot of people to throw in the towel. For me, I just theorize that there's such a huge stormy period within my life that I need to focus on and I need to address. And I can lean on fitness and go, can I take that little bit of time out just to dedicate those extra few hours to the cause of what I'm trying to get through? Yes, yes, I can. But that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been the case if I hadn't done all this previous work within my health and fitness. Now, the big thing and the big ethos for me in terms of this is that I would rather people engage in a good health and fitness journey um, because of choice than having to be forced into a health and fitness journey because of something like a health issue or anything that means that you need to get in and train. Because always, what do they say? The old saying is what? It's better to prevent than to try and cure. Let's not always try to cure the symptoms. Let's just prevent anything from happening to begin with. And you'll be really surprised what small steps you need to do to make that happen. So I think I'm gonna wrap that up here. I did briefly mention um, about my grandma being the recent or like the origin point, I guess, of me becoming a personal trainer. And I kind of want to make sure that this is my first episode. I would like to kind of dedicate that to her as well. So um, I wouldn't be here talking about any of this stuff if she didn't say to me, you only live once. So yeah, I'd like to dedicate this to my grandma. And if you enjoyed this, We'll be back next month with a very close friend of mine, hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And I'll start to introduce you to a lot more of my clients, a lot more different real life stories. And just remember, people, it is not about perfection. It is all about improvements. Take care.